Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Estate Monopoly. This is Kerwin. My name is Kenneth. And we are the Donis Brothers. And today we have an amazing guest. Uh, this person is someone we've been big fans of since we got into multifamily real estate. So it's a real honor and a full circle moment for us to finally happen on the podcast. Rod, can you please briefly just say hey to the audience and then I'll dive into your background. Well, thanks guys. It's great to see you again. After that conference, we saw each other in, in uh, North Carolina. And uh, so my name is Rod Cleef. I'm host of the Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing podcast, which I'm blown away. It's just exceeded 14 million downloads. And let me tell a little, just a real brief story about who I am. So I'm an immigrant. I was born in the Netherlands and, uh, uh, you know, wooden shoes and windmills and immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, and uh, my mom's Vancha. And uh, we ended up in Denver, Colorado. And we really struggled when we got there. Uh, I remember we bought expired food. We shopped at an expired food store, which believe it or not, they had back then. We, we drank powdered milk with us early in the morning because it was cheaper than real milk. And trust me, it sounds better than it is. We, uh, you know, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I finally got disgusted and said, screw it and lied about my age at Burger King when I was 14 because I was tall so I could get a job flipping burgers and, uh, uh, you know, buying my own clothes. But, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there are people on this that are listening that have had it harder than I did. And with this current economic craziness, maybe even have it harder now. But, you know, back then I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, she was an entrepreneur. So she actually, with no formal training, she invested in the stock market and IPOs and made money. And she also invested in real estate. She bought several real estate properties. And the first acquisition was the house directly across the street from us when I was 14. She paid about 30 grand. And when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that had gone up in value to 50,000. And I'm like, what? You just made 20 grand. This is when 20 grand was a lot of money, guys. This is, uh, this is like, uh, what is this? Uh, uh, 42 years ago, 40, 44 years ago. Um, and, and I said, screw college, I'm getting into real estate. So I went out and got my real estate license. I be actually became a broker right when I turned 18. You could do that back then with education. They got smart now to be a real estate broker and have your own office. You have to have some experience. But I was a broker right when I turned 18. Well, I stayed home. I lived at home. My first year, I made about eight grand. My second year, I made about 10 grand. Um, and then my third year, <coughs> excuse me, I made over $100,000. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? And what happened was I met a guy who was smart enough to go work for another broker. And uh, I was dating his daughter. And he taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology and how 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. Only 10 to 20% is the mechanical stuff we talk about on our podcast. It's really the do and it's the keep doing. And that topic, I believe, is really relevant for where we are economically um, um, because, you know, the pain is coming if it's not already here for you. And I'm going to tell you, I think when, once the midterms hit, you know, there's a huge political influence on the media. Uh, and um, so they're, I think, suppressing a lot of the negative impact of what's happening right now. But after the midterms, all bets are off. And I think it's going to be really ugly. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew uh, about a month ago, there was an article kind of buried uh, in the news that there are 22 million households right now that are behind on their utilities. Mm. 22 million households. It's staggering. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. If you're listening, I'm not trying to scare you, but because with crisis comes incredible opportunity. Absolutely. But if there were ever a time 
to get up to speed. It's right now. So, you know, you need to pick your vehicle. If it's going to be multifamily real estate, get up to speed right now. I'll tell you how you, I've got a boot camp coming up. It's virtual. You can come for a hundred bucks, $97. I don't sell anything there. So I'll tell your peeps how they can come do that. But, but if it's multifamily, great. Uh, come learn from me. If it's single family, go learn that. If it's buying businesses, go learn that. If it's investing in the stock market, go learn that, but get up to speed right now, because once we're in the thick of it, it's going to be too late. And I will tell you, there are people saying this could be the greatest transfer of wealth in our lifetimes. Okay, big people like Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, love him or hate him. Trump says it too. It's like that's going to be a really big tr crash. And these are, you know, these are all billionaires that are saying it. Um, I, I believe it as well. And so, you know, there's a huge backlog of foreclosures right now because um, they've suppressed the foreclosures. I used to own a business. I used to own a business, a litigation support company that helped people in foreclosure. I just had lunch with the guy I sold it to yesterday. He's like, we are insane right now. So. Wow. The, the you know what's about to hit the fan. So yeah. again, it's time to get up to speed so you can take advantage of it because literally the, the opportunity to create legacy wealth for you, your kids, their kids, their kids, and their kids is upon us. So right I, I appreciate that. That was an amazing coming out with the bang. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it, it's truth. It's just truth. It's not hyperbole. And, and, you know, I tell you, if you listen to my podcast and if you do, you guys do, I know. And, and, you know, I've interviewed some of the largest operators on the planet uh, over the last, uh, I don't know, six, seven years. And you start to hear a pattern. Uh, if I ask the question when they started, because a lot of the men and women that had, you know, four, five, six, 7,000 doors started in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. That's what we call a clue, right? Okay, yeah. right after the crash. And that opportunity is coming again. So yeah, there you go. And so I mean, there is a lot of, uh, I guess, negativity out there right now and mm -hmm. fear. Um, mm -hmm. And in the past, you've emphasized the importance of being focused and kind of yep. what you want and what you don't want. But at the same time, it's important to be educated. So how should anyone balance that? How do you balance that? Yeah, great question. Great question. And and I can I can circle back to, um, you know, when I lost $50 million. I mean, there were people that killed themselves back in 08 and 09. And of course, in the Great Depression as well, losing the same amount proportionally uh, with the value of the dollar back in the 30s. And, you know, and, and I will tell you, it sucked to lose $50 million. And, and I hit under a rock for a good bit. And, but I'm going to tell you that, um, how I recovered from that was reassociating with what I wanted and why I wanted it. And so, you know, if you come to my boot camp, um, and I don't know if you can air this before, but it's it's October 15th and 16th. I will, uh, the first hour is goal setting, goal setting on steroids, because how do you get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know what it is you want. And you've got to create hunger and a burning desire. That's what Napoleon Hill calls it in his book, Think and Grow Rich. You got to create a burning desire to push through the fear, to push through any limiting beliefs that you have. Uh, you know, when I immigrated to this country, um, I didn't speak English and I got thrown into school. And so I found out what bullies were for the first time and I got my butt kicked regularly. And then my mom, I happen to be in my studio here, so I have these props. Then my mom sent me to school in these. These are the actual scene of the crime right here, wooden shoes. So, and, then, and these leather shorts that the Germans wear for Oktoberfest. True story, these are the actual, because we got these after my, we put my mom in assisted living in. And so I got my ass kicked again. And then my, they chased me home from school and my mom had chased them off with a fly swatter. Next day, ass kicking again. And so I came up with this limiting belief that I wasn't good enough. In fact, I used to ask myself, how can I show them I'm good enough? And, um, and so a lot of people have these limiting belief systems. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not analytical enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. Listen, 
There's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99% of them are BS, but you've got to have that burning desire, that hunger to push through that crap, to push through the fear, or maybe you're comfortable. Comfort zone's a nice warm place and nothing freaking grows there, right? So you got to want it. And, and so, so, you know, that burning desire and that hunger is why the goal setting is so important. Now, if you can't make my boot camp. I do goals, a goal setting workshop every year on New Year's Day. I did it this year. If you go to rodslinks.com, rods, plural, links, plural.com, at the bottom is my goal setting workshop with music. It's professionally done in the studio here. Uh, uh, there's a guide you can download. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. You know, here's the thing, guys. As you know, people spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives. This is designing your life. So go do my goal setting workshop, even if you're not coming to my boot camp. So, so, and do it with your spouse, do it with your significant other. If your kids are over 10 years old, have them do it. it it's so powerful. Um, so, um, and by the way, if you're driving and you want that email, uh, that link, uh, it just text the word links to seven, two, three, four, five, and we'll send you the, the, the thing, but it starts with that hunger. And then you got to make a decision. You've yeah. just got to decide. You know, do you want to? You want to ask me a question? Because I I'll keep going if you don't stop me. <laughs> There's obviously a lot to unpack there, and and I do have to mention. You know, when we're obviously in the multifamily space, trying to build our business, and we've met a ton of people that are doing the same, looking to build wealth for their families, etc. Uh, and there's a certain kind of grit and mentality that you have to have to do that. Not to mention, lose everything you've worked your life building and then come back even stronger the second time around. I mean, that's that's a different kind of mentality there. So I would love for you to touch on at the beginning, you know, kind of what you did to work your way sure. to $15 sure. and then uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. But no, I that's good. I'll give you some strategies that tie into all of this. OK, and and um, yeah, I mean, it was no fun because I thought I was set for life. But the first thing I did was the first thing I just said is I realigned with my goals. I reassociated with my goals. I reassociated with what I want. I got very clear. I got pictures of them. I put them around me. I did all that. That was the first thing. And then I made a decision. And that's that's that sometimes that decision can be the biggest decision of your life. And now when I say decision, I don't mean dip a toe in the water. I don't mean one foot in, one foot out. I mean, it is freaking done, okay? So a, a great analogy would be if you're going to attack the island, you're going to burn your ships because you're taking their damn ships home. That's a decision, okay? There's no excuse. There's no exit path, you know? You can't get out of that decision. That's a decision. And then you're committed. And when you're committed, you're like a train on a freaking track. You know, if you're just interested, then you're, you're going to get knocked off track, right? So when you're committed, you take massive action. And when you're committed, it's not just a dream. It's an outcome. See, motivation will get you started, but commitment is what's going to bring you home. And so, so commitment, making that decision and getting committed is the first thing. But then you've got to take that first step, you know, um, and and like Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith, then the next step will be revealed. Lao Tzu, thousands of years ago, said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And, and, and sometimes that first step can be the biggest step of your life. Now, like you guys, I get a lot of analytical people on my show, okay? And, the, and, and if, you, if you know who you are, if you're listening, and you know how you have to check off every single freaking box before you make a move. Well, I want you to remember this analogy that you can drive all the way across the United States at night with your car only seeing 50 feet in front of you, and you know you'll make it. 
Now, now, even because every 50 feet, you'll know you'll make it. Now, you may have some obstacles. You may have some problems along the way, but you know other people have done it. It's the same way with the multifamily business or any endeavor that you take, but you got to take that first freaking step. You can't have any regrets. You know, there was this um, nurse in Australia, a hospice nurse, and uh, her name was Bronnie Ware. And so she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question. She said, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? Not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that. So if you fear failure, I'm going to tell you fear regret much, much worse than failure. Um, and and uh, like I said, once you've created that burning desire and you've uh, then you're able to push through the fear and the limiting beliefs, then you've got to enhance your focus. The most successful people on the planet are the ones that have the most focus. And here's the thing. And you asked me how I, you know, recovered and, and what's going to help people going through what's coming. What's going to help is staying focused on what you want, because whatever you focus on is going to get bigger, positive or negative. Okay. You know, they asked Mother Teresa if she was anti-war. She said, no, I'm pro-peace. Mm. It's a simple play on words, but, it, but there you, there's a great example of that. I get people call me and say, how do I get out of student loan debt? I'm like, wrong freaking question. How do you make so much money that debt's irrelevant, right? Because what you focus on gets bigger. Now, I know that if you're watching, you know, uh, Kenneth and Kerwin here, that you're a leader. And right now, the world needs leaders more than ever, especially in what's happening. And as a leader, your focus is critical. Don't get sucked into crap that's on the media. It's all 99% of it's crap. And it's not there to inform you. It's there to startle and scare you. Stand guard at the door to your mind. Bring in the good stuff. You know, on my podcast, I do a clip every week called Own Your Power. It's motivational. It's, you know, you give me five minutes a week, I'll juice you. But even if it's not me, go on YouTube, watch motivational videos. You know, watch, I love to watch soldiers coming home. I cry like a little girl, but I love watching that stuff, you know, and, and, and the motivational stuff like that. And so bring that stuff in and stand guard at your mind, keep the crap out and stay focused. You know, I get excited about my 14 million downloads on my podcast. And I listen to a podcast by a guy named Tim Ferriss. Um, and he gets that a week. That's why I bring that up. It's a huge podcast. And, and, and I listen and he deconstructs the best of the best in every walk of life, the best athletes. He's got NBA, NFL players, Michael Phelps, the swimmer, uh, billionaires like Ray Dalio, big CEOs of companies like Facebook, Zuckerberg was on there. And, and um, uh, ath- uh, I'm sorry, uh, actors like, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hugh Jackman, Ed Norton, Jamie Foxx, and he deconstructs their success. And I started to hear a pattern. They all freaking meditate or most of them. What does meditation enhance focus, right? You know, I remember back in the day I had frozen yogurt shops. I had two frozen yogurt shops. I had vending carts selling ice cream bars. I had a carpet cleaning business. I was flipping houses and everything suffered because my focus was diluted and I got rid of everything and I just focused on real estate and I bought 500 houses in that run. Focus is power. So you got to minimize distractions and you've got to minimize decisions. If you see me publicly, you will almost always see me in one of these bone ugly black v-neck t-shirts, okay? Because I don't want to think about what I'm going to put on. Now, give me an example of what you shouldn't do, and I'm guilty of it. So let me, let me say this is, this is not a do as I say, not as I do thing. So, you know, I don't know if you ever watch Netflix, and then you're sitting there scrolling through social media when the boring part comes on. Well, that's me. That is the worst thing you can do for your focus because your brain is making these micro decisions as you're scrolling, and it kills your focus. So, you know, just, just be aware of that. I would encourage you to maybe download a meditation app. 
Um, and, and you can get apps that'll time your meditation. They'll, they'll even put you to sleep and you can set a time. And it's very, very powerful. You've got incredible resources to do it for doing that right now. So that's, that's a piece. Uh, as it relates to multifamily, and you guys know this, you got to play to your strengths. You know, do not play to your, do not focus on building your weaknesses. There are so many different hats you can wear in our business. You can be the outgoing person that's building the relationships, doing the podcast episodes like you guys do. You can be, you know, building relationships with brokers or investors. You could be the underwriter. You're an analytical. You love spreadsheets. You know, that could, you could play that role. You could be the one that's uh, process driven and or construction experience or management experience and handle the asset management. So there's a lot of hats you can wear, but it's critical that you play to your strengths. Why? Because your strengths are your greatest assets. Don't try to maximize weaknesses. Success comes much faster when you play to your strengths and then you hire a line or partner for your weaknesses you know because when you love what you do you never work another day in your life and you know some of the best partnerships i've ever seen in our multifamily space are an analytical person that's introverted with an outgoing person that's extroverted i see that all the time and those are you know matches made in heaven so play to your strengths um and when you do you'll also be passionate you'll be passionate about the business and it requires passion to influence people and and we are in the influence business we got to influence brokers to sell to us sellers to sell to us investors to uh, invest with us and that passion is what will create that to happen but you got to love what you do to have that passion absolutely and you touched on a lot there and i i, I love how you emphasize the importance of meditation um mm -hmm. i meditate every morning and um, wow we recently started doing is visualization and i know you're also a big advocate of that as well yes and on i guess the power of visual visual yeah. oh yeah for sure I, I i've used it i've used it unfortunately i don't have my planner here where i could show you but um i use visualization and 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 tools for that in every aspect of my life i i just oh i do have vision boards here hang on i'll show you i i have signs in my exercise room but i just put up a bunch of mirrors so i brought this sign up it's an I am statement. I am health and vitality. And, uh, you know, know this, that anything you put the words I am in front of is an identity statement. And there's no greater force in the human psychology than the need to remain consistent with how we identify ourselves. So if you go down to my exercise room, you see I am the best in the world at what I do. I'm the world's greatest husband. Um, I am, uh, you know, success. And it's not, this is not like braggadocious. This is what I'm aspiring to embody. And I'll be down there screaming that stuff out on top of my lungs. You know, my kids, my kids come to my boot camps and they handle AV at my boot camps. And that's the question they get more often. Does he really do that shit where he yells that stuff? And they're like, yeah, we grew up with that stuff. But hey, this is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got it back. Now, visualization, let me talk about that. So every morning, yeah, actually, I got my vision board too. Hang on. Every morning, I, um, uh, you know, I'll sit in my recliner in my other office and I will just be grateful. I do gratitude for my beautiful supermodel, beautiful wife who's more beautiful on the inside than the outside, my kids, my coaching students, my foundation. I'll just be grateful. But then I'll do gratitude for the things that I want as if I already have them. And I'll even get emotional sometimes being grateful for things I don't even have yet. And I know I lost some of you analytical ones on this, but this is how I had 50 million. So ignore it at your peril. Okay. But so I use these vision boards like this. There's a travel vision board right there of the places I've gone or want to go that, that I love. Um, there's a, a vision board. I've lost some of the pictures. I want to build third world schools in Latin America. There's another one. Um, um, and but I also have a gratitude board. Here's my gratitude board of the things I'm grateful for when I gave my brother a Rolex. And this is for my foundation and my kids. 
So I do gratitude as well because everything starts from a place of gratitude. It starts there. Okay, so you want to use it. Um, sorry, I'm getting away from the mic here. I'm probably screwing up the audio here. But um, but anyway, um, I think you get the message, and 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 that's how you visualize and bring this stuff into existence. You know, I had Hal Elrod on my show who wrote the book The Miracle Morning. Um, beautiful human being, but you know, get that book. It's an awesome book about how to start your day off right. And one of the things is meditation or prayer. Okay. And then another one is, is he calls it scribing. It's journaling. I journal as well. And then um, exercise, of course, and then reading. And uh, I'm going to tell you, you want to start your day off right. That is the way to start your day off right. And I, I wish I could say I do it all the time. I don't. But when I do, it's always an awesome day. Um, I hope I answered your question there. Uh, so I'd love to know, and we're big believers in you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. So yes. please, please just let us know. Yeah, uh, that is such a great question because I will tell you, especially in what's coming, if you're around people that are hunkered down and fearful and scared, you're going to be hunkered down, fearful and scared. You show me your three best friends, I'll show you who you are, every aspect of your life, health, uh, relationships, and financing, uh, finances. And here's the sad thing. People, people, um, default to people they work with or that they went to school with as their peers and that's not always the best choice uh, you know you want to be around people that think what you think is hard is easy people that are going to lift you up you know how rising tide lifts all ships and i will tell you sometimes when people will hold you back out of fear out of their own limiting beliefs their own fears their fears of feeling inadequate their fears of losing you their fears of feeling humiliated if you're successful and sometimes it's family and so, you know, I'm going to tell you, love your family, but choose your peers proactively. You know, I will tell you when I was losing everything in 2008 and nine, luckily I was in Tony Robbins platinum partnership back then. It was like 130 grand. I think it's three times that now, but I was around people that were thriving through the crash. Okay. And they're like 50 million, million, get up your puss and go kick at, go make stuff happen. That's who you want to be around and what's coming, right? You want to be around people that are kicking butt. So look, search those people out. If you come to my boot camp, I'll connect you with people like that. But even if not, go to your local meetup groups, meet people that want more out of life that aren't fearful and don't let anyone that's negative, the naysayer, um, you know, influence you, you know, and you know, like when you, if you want to play tennis, do you want to play somebody that's better than you or worse than you? Right. I mean, you know, the answer. And so, you know, I formed a mastermind, for example, uh, um, uh, and, it's, in fact, I started it here on my compound. I had 16 people here, uh, about a billion in assets, and now it's about 16 billion in assets. And, because I wanted to be around people that I thought, that thought what I thought was hard was easy, okay? And so, you know, I, I did it myself, but, but um, yeah, anyway, so, um, and let me mention a couple other points, if I may. Um, one is gratitude. Um, I think we touched on it. You cannot be, it's the most important emotion we have. You've got to use it to manifest what you want in life, right? You use gratitude. If, if you saw my planner, you would see I have gratitude pictures in my planner. And then I've got pictures of things that I wanted uh, behind it. And, um, and it's, it's, it makes us stronger when we face adversity. It's the most important foundational emotion we have. It strengthens our immune system, makes our heart stronger, you know, lowers our blood pressure, brings us closer to our spirituality. You know, and, um, you know, so I would encourage you if you journal, journal some magic moments in your life, especially if you have kids. My God, do it if you have kids for sure. 
Um, I did a gratitude journal for my wife once where I literally filled up a page every day about what I loved about her. And there were days I did not feel like filling that thing out. I was pissed at her. But you can imagine how I showed up in the relationship, right? Because I was focused on what I loved about her. And then I gave it to her for her birthday. But, you know, it, it, gratitude attracts everything you want into your life. So, um, you know, I know you, you uh, before we started recording, you, you wanted to talk about contribution. And I know this is big for you. So I mean, if you want to expand on that question, go ahead. But I've got a great story for that, if you'd like to hear it. Absolutely. I'd love to. And you can address that uh, right now, and we can touch on that. But I do before that, I'd love to okay. know. Um, you've always had this saying that, especially with that $50 million experience, that uh, that was a seminar that you paid for. Mm -hmm. That literally, I've like, quoted that so many times, and I always say it back to you, because it's such a powerful statement. Thank can you. you can you expand on what your mindset is when it comes to that, looking at that experience yes. Mindset yes. as a learning experience? Because I feel like for a lot of people, they would have been out of real estate at that point. They would have put their hands up, gone, that's a failure, and it's, it's, it ends there. Yeah, they would have mm -hmm. the shoes up and they would have been done. They would never have tried again. And like yeah. I said, some people killed themselves when they lost, okay, the, the magnitude that I lost. I will tell you, lots of did. And, and um, you know, I'm a driven person and I, and yeah, I hit under a rock for a while. You know, it was, it was, I was, I did the pity party, but again, I was around a peer group that was thriving, which obviously helped. And, and, and I knew that I was going to come back because I knew anything that I give my total energy and focus to is going to flourish. And the same goes for you remember that anything you give your total energy to will flourish. Now, yes, I call them seminars. Okay. It's never a failure. I'm going to tell you, we fail our way to success. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's always a learning experience. Okay. It's only a failure if you don't learn and it, problems are a gift that they're feedback. Okay. Problems and, and failures are feedback. The only people that don't have problems are dead. If you don't have problems, you're listening to this and you don't have problems respectfully. You're just not trying. I, I love you, but you're not trying. Okay. You know, uh, uh, Henry Ford said an airplane takes off against the wind. Uh, right. Um, I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, uh, you know, the women's undergarments that hold everything together, Sarah Blakely, beautiful human being. But she told me that her dad used to ask, I got I met her at a ma another mastermind that I belonged to, another example of being around peers. So I met her at a mastermind. She told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, what have you failed at this week? And mm -hmm. I thought, what an awesome freaking question to ask your kids, you know, so they don't fear failure. Uh, but, but anyway, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I love that. And we will get to that other topic. I want to save that for the end. Okay. Part. But um, I've also heard you in the past, you talk about, and we, me and my, my brothers and I, we have masterminds like when, when we're just with each other alone talking. And we'll talk about how achieving your goal, you never really, you want to achieve it, but the actual beauty and the experience and the, the real uh, uh, passion that you get and the drive you get comes from the actual journey that it takes to get to that goal. And you've talked about that, how you never really want to reach your goal because you always want another one right behind that. Can you explain how true happiness comes from the pursuit of your goals rather than actually achieving them? Yes, well, that that actually ties into my contribution story. But let me let me say one other thing about seminars. Okay, you know, I have built twenty seven businesses. I'm an entrepreneur, man. I'm like a I'm like a you know a shiny penny guy. You know, oh, there's a shiny penny. Let me try that. Uh, twenty seven businesses. I was shocked when I figured this out a couple of years ago. And several worth tens of millions of dollars, but most of them were spectacular flaming seminars, okay? I failed my way to you know, success. And, and as an entrepreneur, you're like a shark. You only die if you stop swimming, right? So, so you know, let, let me say that. But the question as, uh, that you asked about goals. So, um, you know, I built this house on the beach, 
$8 million mansion. Beautiful. If I right across the bay here, uh, uh, I built uh, this beautiful mansion. I lost it on all the craziness, but let me describe this place. So it took me 20 years to build this, okay? 10,000 square feet, giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get into the pool. Pool was in magazines. Um, you know, I owned the beach on one side. I had my boats on the backside. It was called a Gulf to Bay. And, um, you know, a big spiral staircase up through the middle, elevator, wine cellar. On the second floor, I had aquariums built that curved customer that curved around the spiral staircase that cost me almost 200 grand. So this gives you an idea of the house. So two months after I moved into this place, I'm floating in the pool at night and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was prove the world I was good enough. And, and, uh, and again, I'd worked for this thing for 20 years, two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool, pools changing colors. It's at night. It's got fiber optic lighting, just magnificent. And I got depressed. And I don't mean a little depressed. I mean, I was really depressed. And, and I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times a thousand. I had the Maserati and the Mercedes in the garage. I had the boats and the jet skis and all the stupid crap I thought was important. But when I look back on it, there were several things happening. And one of them answers your question, which is you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. And I didn't have a vision for the future. And, and, if, and you will find if you meet depressed people or suicidal people, they typically do not have a vision for the future. Yeah, I go to a lot of Tony Robbins events, and he's the best in the world at discovering that stuff. But, but I didn't know what I was going to do next. So that's number one. So if you, like I said, if you've got a big goal and you're about to achieve it, you better have other goals lined up behind it. But it's never about the goals. You need the goals to create that burning desire and that hunger. But but the happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day they sell the boat, buy the boat, and the day they sell the boat, right? And it's the same way with your goals. Like at, within two months of that massive goal, I was depressed. But the key is happiness comes from progress and growth. Okay, and I didn't know how I was going to grow or progress either. But the big thing that ties into the last thing I wanted to talk about, but we can talk about more after that too. But, but the big thing is I was totally focused on me. Okay. Rod, 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 show the world. I'm good enough. Show the world. I matter. And that's the year I 22 years ago that I went and saw Tony Robbins for the first time. And I found out that he fed families for the holidays. And I'm like, what a concept, do something for someone else. You know, I had to be 40 to get that memo. It's embarrassing, but I went back home and I called my brother in Denver. And um, I was going to go visit him for Thanksgiving. I said, bro, let's feed five families. And he, I, I, he called his church. He found five families that really needed help. And we went and bought food and turkey. And if they had kids, we bought toys for the kids. And, and, and we, we, the third family changed my life. I go up to this door and this is, it was a row house. It was like this, this, um, you know, this like fourplex and each unit was right next to each other. And they were crappy one bedrooms because you had to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom off it. I mean, so it wasn't even a one bedroom. It was a crappy one bedroom. There was a woman in there with five kids. She comes out and she sees all this stuff on the porch. Uh, she starts crying. Her kids come out, two of the older ones start crying. I start crying and I'm freaking hooked. And I'm blessed to say over the last 22 years, we've fed well in excess of 130,000 children here for the holidays in Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local kids that don't even have the basic supplies they need for school. We did 1,800 backpacks like a month ago. Um, we've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments here and sheriff's departments for officers to keep in their vehicles if they encounter a child that's been traumatized. Now, 
this is not me bragging. There's a message in this, a really important message. You know, we've been taught, and I know if you're listening to these guys, you're very likely young, you're hungry, you got blood dripping from your teeth, you want this so freaking bad, you want that Lamborghini or that success. I'm here to tell you, you know, we've been taught to achieve to be happy. Like we shouldn't be happy until we've achieved, right? If you give back in any fashion, you're happily achieving. Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Achievement's a science. You want to learn multifamily? Come to my freaking boot camp. You'll have, like, let me mention that for a minute, if I may. It's October 15th and 16th. Uh, it's, I don't sell anything there. You can come for $97. I'll tell you how you can come for $97 and I don't, nothing being sold. So 18 hours of training, nothing being sold for $97. So, but and see that is achievement is a science. I'll give you the blueprint. You just got to go do it. Okay. But fulfillment is an art. You've got to, you've got to figure out what juices you. For me, it's kids. Maybe for you, it's kids. Maybe it's elderly. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's animals but you give back right now. If you're saying to yourself, yeah, he's got money. I'll, he, you know, I'll do it when I have money. No, do it right now, even if it's just your time. Why? Because the money will come faster. Now you don't do it for that reason, but that's the, that's the way the universe, God, whatever you believe works. Whatever you give, you get back sometimes a thousandfold, very often a hundredfold. So give right now, figure out what juices you. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, we're happy to drill into some other topics, but that's that contribution is so important. Contribution is a basic human need. And so, you know, um, uh, d d there's a there's a saying, um, you know, we should uh, we should achieve to be happy. But if you're giving back, like I said, you're happily achieving. And it's a play on words, but it's the truth. Yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. And yeah. uh, that, 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 we resonate with that a lot. And yeah. I know it, you've also mentioned in the past how you were able to give back to your parents. And I, I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. You asked me that. So yeah. I bought my parents a house here in Port Charlotte, Florida on a canal when my when my mom and dad were alive. They're no longer go they're gone. My lost my mom just a few months ago, my dad a couple years ago, but but uh, bought him a car, took him on cruises. I mean, you know, there's no greater joy than to do stuff like that for your parents. I mean, and 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 that's the thing, you know, if you do my goal setting workshop, like if you come to my boot camp, you know, I'll guide you live. If you if you go to Rod's links and just do that one that I did on New Year's Day, you'll 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 find out that part of that is discovering the why. Why? Because it's the why that's going to drive you. I'll help you discover that. And for many people, it's retiring their parents, like for you guys, or doing something like that for their parents. And the joy that comes from that is, is there's nothing like it. So yeah. that's powerful because our, our mom's also an immigrant. And so we, yeah. Yeah, we share that in, in common. So it's really powerful. It's almost like a full circle moment that the sacrifices they make for you. Circle back to me once you do it, please. I, I, would, I would love the gift of having you tell me that you've done it and you made it happen. I'd love that gift. Please, please remember to do that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And so it is around time uh, for our our speed round. But I did want to ask just one thing: What is one trait that you would see in the, every successful real estate investor? And I'm honestly curious because you've been in circles where there's billionaires. So I want to ask that too. I'm just curious. What is my, in fact, my first interview was a billionaire. It's a funny story. A guy named Albert Barras, and I'm an hour in, and I realized I forgot to hit the record button. I was free. I was freaking mortified. You know, it's funny. I invited him to our mastermind here in Sarasota and my assistant was talking to his assistant and Camille, my assistant told Nina, his assistant. Yeah, we're going to fly him down first class. We're going to put him up at the Ritz Carlton and his assistant tells mine. Oh, no, no, no. He'll take his own jet down. It's cool. And I'm like, 
<laughs> anyway, but but yes. Uh, so what's a trait in, in billionaires and millionaires? What's a trait? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. You know, focus for sure. Focus for sure. Dedication. Um, you know, um, I'm not going to say fearless. We all have fear. Achievers call it stress, but we all have fear. Um, but it's 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 being very very clear on what they want and why they want it, which is why the goal setting is so freaking important. And then they just take massive action. They recognize that action mitigates fear. And you know, I will tell you, my most successful students, my students now own well in excess of ninety thousand units that I know of, and I've only been teaching five years. Super proud of that, by the way. But you know, the the ones that do that are the ones that just go out there and do it. They don't sit and analyze it or analyze it forever. They just go do it. They they make mistakes. Sure they do. They get their noses bloodied, but they get back up and they keep going and they, and they're super successful. Many, many have retired uh, from their, you know, their W2 jobs. So, so yeah. That's awesome. I, to, to touch on that though, because uh, you did mention this earlier and, you know, kind of like, sorry, like we mentioned the pursuit of your goals makes you feel so alive. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every day, although, you know, some situations might be a little stressful or some situations you might be afraid of, but um, we like to say, you know, every day we're going to step in the arena and just we, we prefer to be in the arena, having the opportunity to fight and chase our goals every day. And that's what makes us feel alive besides uh, just staying on the sidelines and just kind of watching, you know, what's going on. Let me give you a success formula. You stay focused on your outcome or your goal. When one path doesn't work, you stay focused on your outcome and your goal and you change your approach. You stay focused on your outcome and your goal. When that path doesn't work, you stay focused on the outcome or goal and you change your approach. It's never a straight line. That is the success formula, okay? You may need to innovate. You may need to pivot. When COVID hit, I had hundreds of people signed up for Orlando boot camp and I had to cancel it. I'm like, holy shit. So if you go to multifamily boot camp, you'll see Rod with his phone record it's still on there recording the virtual boot camp we went virtual we created this video studio here in my compound and and to, to innovate and pivot and I, I had to do that back in 2010 i had a business that was about to go bankrupt and i innovated and changed my approach it turned into a 10 million dollar company that i sold a few years ago so you know in what's coming you may have to innovate you may have to pivot you may have to get completely re read um what's the word i'm looking for redo yourself re re uh, uh losing the, the the word but you know what i'm saying reinvent you may have to reinvent yourself to get to to, to maximize on what's coming I, I like i say it could be the greatest transfer of wealth in history so get up to speed right freaking now don't waste time don't wait don't wait too long yeah that is and i know that we want to move on but i guess i, I kind of want to touch on that because you've mentioned that a few times already you know what is coming we're in real estate. We're seeing, obviously, you know, uh, some turmoil already and, and, you know, are just now starting to, you know, kind of get a little, we're starting to see that kind of turmoil uh, kind of happening in the economy and data lags, right? So we've learned that data lags, especially on in larger commercial deals. So that'll start to lag. But do you see, like, are you going to be using real estate to further your wealth? in this oh, sure oh you bet of course i'm in a lot of cash right now man i'm waiting i hate it because my inflation's killing my cash but yeah i'm building relationships i've got my team put together we're gonna we're gonna capitalize on what's coming crazy not to you know in 2008 9 i was hiding under a rock i won't be hiding under a rock this time you know i got crushed by that wave i'm surfing this wave yeah i love it, I love it. on that note Rod, it is time for our speed round are you ready yeah Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, number one, what is one thing that you weren't doing when you first started in real estate that you're now doing today? Leveraging more. 
you know, I'm a control freak and I thought I'm the only one that can do this, this and this. And when I started in real estate, I bought 2000 houses mostly by myself. You know, I had my brothers involved for pieces of it, but it was mostly a lot of the time it was just me. And so I, I hated giving up control. I've come to the realization that people can do it a hell of a lot better than I can do it. But it was hard for me to do that. I'll tell you, it's painful. And those of you in a single family space, you know, when you come over to multifamily, you're going to have to make that distinction. You're going to have to realize that you want to focus on what you're good at. Let other people do what they're good at and success is inevitable awesome awesome what is uh we we, we said we asked what is the biggest failure but we also like to call it lesson and i know that you like to call it sen uh, seminar so what is the biggest seminar and what did you learn from well it? i mean obviously we talked about that 50 million you meet somebody that's lost more than that i want to know about it so i feel better about mine but uh you know no it was that obviously the 50 million like i said i've had numerous business failures and seminars um, but, but you just kick back up, you refocus, you change your approach and you go after it. That's it. And what is the number one book that has had the biggest impact on you in terms of your personal? I'm sorry. I didn't, I missed what you said one more time. Uh, the biggest book, the most impactful book. Oh, sure. Sure. So, so I'm a, I, I, my love language is books and I was blessed to, uh, interview the author of the five love languages on my show. I've given away over a thousand copies of his book. So if you love anybody, get that book because you need to give them love in the way they feel it, the five love languages. But because my love language is books, I gift a lot of books to my students. So let me give you some of them. The slight edge is one about those little decisions you make every day. They don't, they're not impactful that day, but over time they'll trajectory your life up or down. You know what they are, uh, those little decisions. Um, turning pro, stop being a, an amateur, become a professional, Stephen Pressman. Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. You know, I had Hal on the show. Gary Keller, The One Thing. I had Jay Pappas on, the co-author on the show. Great books. Um, um, uh, negotiation, um, Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. I had him on the show. Uh, but, you know, I gift a lot of books, a lot of great books. I think and grow rich is kind of a no brainer. I've given away over 3000 copies of that book. That's when you should read two or three times a year. So um, there's a few. Yeah, those are all great books. And we've read a lot of them. Um, so I would love to know what is your vision for your business? And what are you aiming to accomplish moving forward in both business and your personal life? Well, business life, um, you know, I love I have a wall, you can't see it here, it's down in my other office with hundreds of thank you cards from people whose lives have been impacted. It's my greatest gift in life to see those cards every day. And I get literally, and this is not ego, I get love every single day. I get DMs, I get emails, I get gifts, I get cards every single day. And I'm sure you guys start starting to as well with your podcast. I'm sure you get a lot of great feedback. And that's addictive to me. So I love that. I love seeing student success. And that's why I asked you to let me know when you, when you retire your folks, because I just, I, I re revel in that. Okay. So on a business front, it's that. I, I'm, I'm, fairly set financially. We're still buying. I'm going to buy like crazy and capitalize on it. I'm never going to retire. I love business too much. I love what I do. Work is play. That's why my wife puts up with me working on Sundays sometimes. I, I love it. Um, on a personal front, I want to travel more. I want to do more travel. We just came off an 18-day vacation in Scandinavia. Went to Sweden and Norway and Denmark and Ireland and just had a blast. And so I want to do more of that. That's yeah, awesome. awesome. You shared a ton of wisdom and knowledge today. I really, really appreciate it. If there's one piece of advice that you would want someone in our audience to walk away with from today's episode, what would that be? The biggest one is don't think you have time. Okay. Buddha said that they think they have time. Don't, especially in what's coming. My God, don't miss out on this opportunity. I don't care if it's with me and multifamily, if it, whatever it is, pick something, learn it so you can take advantage of what's coming. Cause it, it truly could be a once in a lifetime opportunity.
Awesome. That's great. And Rod, thank you so much for your time. If anyone in our audience wants to go to one of your uh, next upcoming events or- Yeah, yeah. Text, text ROD to 72345 or text links to 72345. The price is going to be about 400 bucks for my bootcamp. But if you DM me, I'll give you a code. I'll just tell you the code. I like you guys. Just use the code RODFRIEND. Use the code RODFRIEND and you can come for $97. I don't sell anything at my bootcamp. Uh, it's just 16 to 18 hours of training. Uh, and that's drinking through a fire hose. The manual's about that thick. I'm just going to tell you, I've never had a complaint. That's a lie. The people complain the brakes are too short. I do brakes every 15 minutes because I'm trying to pack so much stuff in, but that's it. So, um, you know, I would tell you to do that. Um, and, uh, and check out my podcast, Lifetime Cashflow Through Real Estate Investing. I'm proud of it. Um, you know, um, so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank great. you so much for your time, Rod. It was a pleasure Thanks. and an honor to have you on the show. Yeah. Great, to, great to see you guys again. Thanks, guys. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to the Real Estate Monopoly. Please make sure to leave a five-star review and a comment down below and make sure you share with your friends. Guys, let's get out there and take action. Have a great rest of your day.